Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman on Film, or the, excuse me, the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Pretty sure I just lost my title saying it backwards like that, but it's okay. I could just redo this, you know. But you know what? I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm going to leave it in. You all can say, hey, that cool sounding guy is just like me. Wrong. I'm better than you. I have a podcast. I'm kidding. I'm not better than any of you. <clears throat> Probably worse, actually. JK, JK, LOL, LOL. All right, we're done with the self deprecating humor. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I hope this first week of. Um, August is nothing but sunshine and rainbows for every single fucking one of you because you all fucking deserve it. God damn it, you deserve it. Excuse me. Uh, My guest today is uh, returning to the show after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Zaki Hassan, uh, just one of the coolest guys to sit down and have a conversation with. You know, he's very knowledgeable about movies, he's, like, he's a fan, first and foremost, and it's fun talking to him, because not only does he know what he's talking about, but he gets excited, and he's passionate about it, and, you know, as far as film critics go, he's one of the best, in my opinion, Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he's a good friend, I'm saying that because it's true, and it is not my opinion, it is 100% fact, you can look it up. Anyway, uh, today we're talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Forty years ago, this movie was released. Holy shit, man! <laughs> this uh, these whole this whole thing just gets better and better, doesn't it? Like all these great movies that we grew up with are just—I don't know—they're uh, they're aging like fine wine, in my opinion. You know, uh, last year, you know, Zachy and I talked about uh, Superman two. We had a lot of fun talking about that. Uh, this year, Raiders, uh, even more fun, because I think, you know, as great as Superman 2 is, uh, Raiders has a bit of a timelessness to it. Uh, and it's, it's just such a, a fun, like, really exciting movie. Like, movies just don't, they don't have this originality and this, you know, reality to them that, you know, it's just... It's lacking nowadays, and you know, and and, and I, I hesitate to say that because there's so many great movies that come out nowadays. But you know, the back in the eighties, you know, seventies and the eighties, when they had they had to make movies with like, <laughs> you know, scotch tape, scotch tape, and popsicle sticks, as Mark Hamill once described Star Wars. You know, they you had to be really creative, and Spielberg and Lucas were at the top of their game making this movie. Uh, you know, but I'm done rambling about it. You'll hear Zachy and I ramble about it for the next hour. Um, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please, uh, you know, subscribe, write a review, get, uh, get the word out about the Four Comic Junkies podcast. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for, at Four Comic Junkies or email me, fourcomicjunkies at gmail.com. All right, let's get right into the episode. Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
All right. Thank you, Zachy, for coming back to the show. Um, always a pleasure to follow you on social media. And uh, and I'm glad that we're getting to have another conversation about a classic movie. So thank you for coming back. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, this So this is exciting. Um, it's, it's not hard for me to, when I think about a classic that I want to talk to somebody about, when I thought of Superman 2, you were the first person. And then when I thought of uh, Indiana Jones, I was like, I was like, he's got to like that. Right. I mean, like you'd have to be like a crazy person or maybe you were just born <laughs> to not like <laughs> Indiana Jones. Um, so, you know, I was I was happy when I reached out and you were like, oh, of course. Um, well, let me let me ask you right off the bat here. I, I'm a bit of a purist and I don't like the renaming of Indiana Joners, excuse me, Joners, <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't like when they renamed it that either. <laughs> like, it didn't bother me with like Star Wars Episode One or Episode Four. You know, uh, you know, whatever that that stuff doesn't really bother me too much. Um, but you know, when it was changed to Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was like, ah, that's a mouthful. I don't like that. Like, just that's nah, fine. It's <laughs> it's fine the way it is. You know. Well, I think, you know, what, what helps is that the, the, the title you see on screen is still Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I think ultimately what it came down to was uh, George Lucas's sort of peculiarity where he was probably looking at, you know, all three movies on the shelf. And he's like, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he's like, I need these all to go together because there's probably some mild OCD happening in there. So I can I can certainly appreciate that, sure. but yeah, let's be real. We all we all call the first Indiana Jones movie Raiders. <laughs> it's it's funny where I think that if we were to talk about the Star Wars movies, we'd call them Episode One, Two, and Three: Star Wars, Empire Jedi, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. um, so like you know like you and I would probably use the shorthand immediately and go, oh yeah, the first Star Wars. No, no, the real first Star Wars. Oh yeah, that was that was that great scene in Empire. Oh yeah, yeah, the first Star Wars movie I ever saw was Jedi, right? You know, so yeah, just like this, it's it's Raiders. You know, the shorthand for that is uh, is that. Um, but I don't do that with the other ones, and I'm like, oh, I think I was like, you know what? I actually really like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but I'm not gonna, you know, and and the Last Crusade. I like that one, but uh, Raiders is great. You know, like I don't. <laughs> yeah, there's a short. I don't know. It's it's sort of a funny thing, I guess. Just film nerds have done over the years maybe or maybe i'm crazy <laughs> no i don't think you're far off well that's good to hear <laughs> um <laughs> one one question i had to ask you when i was re-watching the movie recently and and uh i i first of all it's just it's it's just a blast to watch it's so much fun i think the first three movies are a ton of fun to watch uh in my opinion my favorite is the last crusade um i think that one's the most fun to watch um but with Raiders, I I was watching it, and the, my first thought was like, let me let me let me talk to Zachy about this because I'm pretty sure that Margot Kidder and Karen Allen are two different people, but I've never seen them in the same room together, <laughs> so they might be the exact same person because they look very similar. <laughs> they could have been sisters. Yeah, I I made a similar joke with um, Kate Mara and uh, Aaron Moriarty from. Um, the boys you know <laughs> uh, oh sure yeah. i was i was like i i i think they're the same person i think uh <laughs> <laughs> um but 
you know, but, you know, anyway, getting into the actual movie itself here. Um, do you have any recollection what your first exposure to the movie was or just, you know, because for me, my story is kind of boring where I just I sort of remember just kind of watching them when I was a kid and just it was just sort of a mainstay throughout that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, my first exposure to Raiders of the Lost Ark was uh, via the storybook of the film which, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, they would have the storybook and the first page when you open the book, it would be, you know, the little boxes with all the characters in it and stuff. And yeah. my brother, who's five years older than me, uh, he brought it home, he brought the storybook home from the school library. So this would have been probably, uh, gosh, it must've been 84, I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have been uh, uh, right around five years old. And, you know, my brother shows it to me. Like, oh, this is a character in Indiana Jones. He's played by the guy who's on Solo, you know. So that was really my first uh, exposure to the idea that an actor can be different people, you know. Yeah. And then very shortly thereafter, uh, my the, we were living overseas, by the way. We were living in Saudi Arabia at the time. And, you know, uh, we went to an American school and they had the scholastic book orders where you could order, uh, you know, all the new books, you know, that tie, mm-hmm. tied in for, for, for schools. And so my brother ordered like the, this is for Temple of Doom. There's like the Temple of Doom book pack or something like that. And it came with like the storybook, the junior novelization. There was like a puzzle book, the whole shebang. So I, I was like, that was my first exposure to the world of Indiana Jones was the Raiders of the Lost Ark storybook. And then all the stuff tying in with Temple of Doom. I actually didn't see the film until 1987 and then only the third act. Uh, this is Temple of Doom. Uh, first indie movie I saw the whole way through was was, uh, was Last Crusade in 1989 uh-huh. on video. And then I didn't, I didn't end up watching Raiders until the early 90s. So I was wow. about 10 years behind uh, on that. <laughs> but I was still like, by the time I saw Raiders, I was like fully ensconced in the world of Indiana Jones, sort of through osmosis. Yeah. You know? That I, I was right to ask you because your story is far more interesting than mine is. <laughs> you know, just just very much like I it's like, I don't know. I think my dad had it on when I was a kid. And you know, I I, I have more vivid memories of Star Wars movies and seeing you know, kind of seeing Jedi on TV with my dad. My dad was like, We're gonna watch Star Wars tonight. Like come, you know, come in the living room. And I was just like <laughs> engrossed with it. I, I don't even remember how old I was. I must have been four or five. Um, and I think I saw and then I saw the other ones as I got older. Um, but uh, but with Raiders, it's, you know, I, I remember. I, I I think the first one I saw was probably Temple of Doom, but I remember watching um, Last Crusade first. I was similar to you in the sense that I think I saw Raiders last Um because I remember watching Last Crusade and thinking it was just so much fun. It's so funny. Like my sister and I still quote that movie to this day. Um, and then, and then like you know, getting into Temple of Doom and hearing that people didn't like it as much. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I think it's cool. But I've always been like, I don't know. I've always liked the darker stuff more. Like Empire is my favorite Star Wars, right? Um, and I and you know and Raiders. I, you know, I I would watch a lot as a kid. And I remember of my family that was the one i watched the most i think everybody else was more into last crusade but i was i was always watching you know the raiders as much as um as the others because to me it was like well they're a set they all go together even though rewatching it i felt like 
you know, that it didn't, um, how do I want to put it? It, uh, they, they all, even though I thought of them all as a set, if I'm going to watch one, I got to watch them all. Um, and I sort of think the same way about like, you know, I, I think the same way about Star Wars. It's hard to just watch one. I want to watch the rest. Um, and same with, um, but I think the same way when I buy like Funko Pops, right? <laughs> like I'll, I'll go to the store and I'll see like, I'll see the Ninja Turtles. It'll be like Leonardo, Raphael, and Donatello. I'm like, they're not Michelangelo. I'm not buying them. Like I'm only buying them if I get all four of them, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so I just remember watching them all as like a, a big set. And then, but rewatching it, you know, before the show and just, you know, for fun anyway, I was like, man, like, the great thing about these movies is that they obviously there's a history with the story where uh, George Lucas and James or excuse me, Steven Spielberg were talking and, and and Spielberg said, you know, I'd love to direct a James Bond movie. And George Lucas was like, well, I'll do you one better. I want to write a movie that's kind of like a James Bond type of thing, um, but it'll be kind of, an, you know, based on the old like Westerns or whatever that, you know, he grew up with same way that. Star Wars is very much Flash Gordon. Um, and so that's how that came about. And I was like, you know, that's that's cool about that because there's a new love interest in every movie. There's a new adventure. They don't, there's not really a lot of overlap, but that's okay. It's it's fine that they're all their own things. You know what I mean? Right. And I, like, we don't get that anymore. I feel like the, the Daniel Craig James Bonds are all connected, which is cool. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of like I, I kind of miss the days when the James Bond movies didn't mind being their own things, you know, same way the Indiana Jones movies were their own things. You could watch one of them and totally get what's going on. You know, you don't you don't need like well, what's his history. You don't need that because you get all you need in the movie with Indy himself. Yeah, I I agree with that. And and, you know, it. I think. I think what the what the Indiana Jones movies did a nice job with is that you know and you know let's let's look at the progression from say Raiders to Last Crusade so just leaving uh, Temple of Doom out for this discussion just because that's a prequel but yeah. you know what Last Crusade allows is it drops us into another Indiana Jones adventure and then it sort of allows us to touch base with oh and here's Indy at the in the classroom again oh there's marcus and there's you know and so you kind of like it rewards your familiarity with it but mm -hmm. it doesn't require your familiarity and yes. that's a you know and and so to your point about you know what the bond movies used to do was exactly that like we would get though and here's the scene where bond talks to him and there's the flirting with money penny and there's the q scene and, and you know it was like it, the movie itself was self-contained but if you're watching along you get you get the little little things that that touch your, your your nostalgia buzzer you know yeah and and to the point that you're making i think i think the craig films which i i i love daniel craig i think i think his films some are better than others but i think he's a great mm -hmm. james bond i think uh to some extent the success of his tenure will rise or fall based on how good uh no time to die is in terms of you know wrapping the whole thing up because that's what it's intended for so it becomes very much a James Bond saga. And I'm kind of like, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I won't, I would not mind if whoever the next guy is, if we go back to something closer to what it used to be. I I, I think that there's there's something um, 
there's something lost about that a little bit, you know, and, and, and again, I, I agree with you about the Daniel Craig movies. Uh, I, I think Casino Royale is still my favorite of, of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, I haven't, I haven't seen Spectre. Um, <laughs> um, I did not hear good things, but you know, either way. Um, but either way, it's like, you know, I, you know, and, and kind of the original Batman movies were a little bit that way too, with um, going from, Batman to Batman Returns, you know, forever and Batman and Robin, there there was kind of a loose continuity, but for the most part, right. you could kind of jump in and and get the full story. I mean, even Nolan's trilogy, to an extent, is kind of like that. Um, and whereas I feel like watching the MCU, like especially like um, the way you know WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki have ended, I'm like, if somebody were to go see the next slew of Marvel movies, they'd be lost. <laughs> um, right? yeah. And it's, and I think that there's, there's pros and cons to both forms of storytelling. But if I had my druthers and that's maybe that's part of the reason I didn't care for the kingdom of the crystal skull, because I was like, you know, as cool as it was having, you know, um, Karen Allen come back, you know, having Marion come back. I just, I, I was sitting there kind of going, I don't think we needed this, you know, like, it's uh i was fine with him just being this old curmudgeon you know <laughs> um yeah. and i mean that movie is what it is on its own anyway which is a very strange case of what the hell were they thinking when they made this damn thing <laughs> <laughs> um but um i mean harrison ford was pretty great in it you know as always but um but, you know, it, it just, you know, I think that watching any of the Indiana Jones movies, like watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, it almost sounds like it's a sequel to something. Like when Harrison Ford, right. like the first shot of the movie, when he steps into the light for a second, like your brain would think, are we supposed to know who this guy is? And it's like, maybe we don't know who he is because we haven't quote unquote met him yet, but we know this is the hero, this is the protagonist and you know, here he is doing something badass right off the start of the movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you know what, what I say about, about his, his intro, it's instantly iconic. He yeah. steps into the light and you're like, that is a movie icon forever. Yeah. And, and what I, I mean, I wasn't uh, there for that, but you wonder like, did it occur to audiences? Like this is a character who for 40 years everyone will know just from his silhouette yeah i <laughs> i think uh that it, it, there was a lot of staying power with that like when they were promoting uh kingdom of the crystal skull th i think there was I, I think there was a picture of it was just a silhouette with the hat and it just said like summer 20 2008 or something like that i remember seeing that and going oh it's indiana jones like knowing instantly like in the movie theater or that you know knowing instantly what it was um, and I, and you're right because we have this iconic image of this character and it's, it's a fairly simple costume, but it was enough that, you know, we, we knew him right away because if we just saw a silhouette of like Harrison Ford, just wearing like the suit that he wears when he's teaching, we'd be like, well, this could be any Harrison Ford movie. This could be Jack Ryan. Right. <laughs> uh, right. but if he's got the hat, he's got the whip that nope, it, that's Indiana Jones. And do you, do you know the history of the whip, by the way? I was thinking about that watching. I'm like, where the hell did they come up with the idea to have the whip? <laughs> I don't I don't believe I do. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, you... it's it's definitely a throwback to the old, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the adventure serials. 
yeah, that yeah. George Lucas grew up watching. And so that that part of, you know, sort of the accoutrement was very much what you'd expect from uh, sort of you know, not not necessarily a Western hero, but an adventure hero. Yeah. And, yeah. and I do I do love that. That's just, you know, you, you refer to it as a costume. I mean, that's the Indiana Jones costume. Like when you think about it, it makes no sense for a dude to just be carrying a bullwhip uh, <laughs> everyday life. Right. <laughs> but we buy it because, well, that's what Indiana Jones has with him. Yeah. You know? um, it, it's, you know, he, he's got the, you know, he's got the whip, he's got the gun, he's got the hat, he's got the jacket. It's just, you know, it's it's a fairly simple costume that, I don't think I've ever been to a Halloween party and not seen some version of it, you know, growing up. Right. And, um, or even a comic con, of course, there's always somebody dressed as Indiana Jones and, and it's just immediately like, Oh, there's Indy. Um, and, (laughs) and, and I love having those little moments where, you know, it's just, Oh, I, I, I know who that is right away. It's like, it's so, it's so strange. Cause like I said, it's so simple, but you know, to, and probably even to the average moviegoer, they would instantly recognize it, much in the same way that, like, if Jason Voorhees walked down, you know, Hall H, like, oh, that's Jason Voorhees, you know, <laughs> it's like, right, a much not a, not a more complicated costume, but a different kind of iconic, and that that says a lot about you know the staying power of, I mean, you know, just I mean Spielberg in the eighties, I mean, like he couldn't be matched, you know what I mean, like just insane yeah. talent. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I really like, I, I feel like Steven Spielberg just defined my childhood because when I, when I look at my relationship with the movies, it's through Steven Spielberg's prism, mm-hmm. whether through the films that he directed or all the ones that he produced. So, you know, on top of uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy, you've got E.T., uh, you've got, you know, Back to the Future and Gremlins and Goonies. And I mean, it's like that's my childhood. Yeah, there's <laughs> there. It's it's interesting where he had his hand in all the you know you, you mentioned like Gremlins and Goonies that he didn't direct, but he still produced. Same with uh, like Poltergeist, um, and and even going a little bit further into like, um, you know, uh, like the Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Park, of course, um, just movies that like just were like watershed moments for one reason or another and for the most part still hold up you know i i rewatched jurassic park recently and my favorite scene in the entire movie now as an adult is the the lunchroom scene and ian malcolm's speech i was like this is an amazing scene and you know and i i thought about this a lot where you know i was thinking about batman returns and i was like it, you know, and uh, and Thor Ragnarok in this sense, where it's like, I I love that Christopher Walken and Jeff Goldblum are like they're kind of meme worthy nowadays. But like, <laughs> it's it's but it's you know I want to remind people no no but these are also hardcore, fantastic actors, you know that just right. can deliver the hell out of a monologue. Um, right. I mean that's a discussion for another day. But <laughs> I just wanted to go on that rant for just a moment. But. Um, but, you know, and I think, you know, part of what makes this movie great is Harrison Ford's commitment to it, you know, that he was, you know, there, there's a reason that he wanted to come back for, you know, two, three and four, now five even, you know, right. you know, 40 years later, right? He's still like, yeah, I'll do it again. <laughs> um, 
if I'm not mistaken, I believe I read that he said it's his favorite role that he's ever played. I, I think that's true. Um, yeah, well, and it, and it tells you something that when it came time to sign on, right, obviously it's, his, it's history now that he was the second choice. You know, Tom Selleck uh, might very well have been uh, Indiana Jones, if not for CBS wanting him uh, to be Magnum. But right. uh, the precondition, George Lucas uh, had to be cajoled into signing him and he said, well, anyone who's going to play Indiana Jones has to sign a multi-picture deal and Harrison's not going to sign a multi-picture deal because he famously did not do that for Star Wars. Right. And Harrison Ford read the script. He's like, yeah, I'll do it however many you want. Uh, uh, yeah. So he knew from the jump, this is a movie I want to, I want to, I want to make sure I'm, I'm able to get on this train. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, cause I've, I've watched the behind the scenes stuff uh, with Tom Selleck doing like the, the scene in the bar with Marion and and I was watching it going you know what's funny about this is that Tom Selleck he like he would have been a good choice like I would have cast him I too agree. you know I, agree. I totally uh, agree and I, I think that's so funny because I was watching something on Peacock about like the original office auditions and huh. and I saw so I saw some of those it's like Bob Odenkirk audition for Michael Scott he would have been great uh, yeah you can see that uh, Seth Rogen auditioned for Dwight. He would have been terrible. <laughs> I, I can't. I have a hard time with that. He. It was funny because the way I described it was like he went too serious with it. Um, whereas, um, you know, when Rain Wilson came in, he was over the top serious. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, he committed to the character, but didn't mind, but but knew how ridiculous the character was. Um, and I think the same thing. You know, going back to Indiana Jones, like. Like Tom Selleck was just like, okay, I get this character, I can do this, and and obviously he's done well for himself in his career. Um, but I, you know, I, I love those kind of what if stories, you know, like oh, what if this or that or whatever. Because, but this is also the, you know, going back to you said, you know, George Lucas had to be convinced to, you know, hire Harrison Ford. That that's actually the second time that happened to him because he didn't want to hire him in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was he was brought in to help read, and. And I think it was like the producers or whatever that's like, oh, he's really good. You should cast him. And he was like, he was in my last movie. I don't want to bring him in this movie. <laughs> right. And it's, it's such a strange concept when it's like, because he didn't want him to be like the way Lucas described it was um, like Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese, or excuse me, Scorsese. Uh, I don't know what came out of my mouth. There's some sort of spaghetti title. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I over-Italianed it. I apologize, Mr. Scorsese. <laughs> but um <laughs> It was just, uh, and it's just funny because I'm like, but is that a bad thing that like you have actors that are kind of reliable that you can call on and they'll do your movie, you know? So it's strange that George right. Lucas was against that when you it's have a, like it was a weird thing to dig in his heels on, right? Right, you know, it's like is that the hill you want to die on when you have a great actor that's willing to do your movie? I I don't know, I I would. <laughs> I would not hesitate if a friend of mine, you know, my best friend does amateur stuff around town. Um, and every now and then he'll be like, Hey, can you come in and do something? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, it's all freelance stuff here. But, um, you know, at the same time, I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm happy that he thinks of me because obviously he thinks I'm good enough to be there for him. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think what's, what's really interesting about this movie. I, I, I watch it through like kind of the, the lens of today a little bit and i do think that the movie sure. hold holds up um 
it, it helps that it's a period piece, of course. But one thing that's funny to me is that I, I you know, I don't know this for sure. I'm, I'm speculating, but I bet Spielberg and Lucas, when they were writing it, they were just like, oh, who, who's like a really easy bad guy we can have? Nazis, of course. Yes, Nazis. <laughs> Everybody hates Nazis. They're an easy enough bad guy. Good. That's good enough for me. Whereas nowadays it would be quote unquote, whoa, that's controversial. And I, I don't know. Cause I, I read that. Um, you watch you watch the Arrowverse shows, I assume. Uh, I, I dip in and out. Okay. Um, you know, crisis on earth X that they did, they did a few years ago. You're right. Okay. So I read that somebody described it. It was an article I was reading that, you know, they were, I think they were, it was before, when they were promoting the Elseworlds crossover, they were like last year, they did the controversial, um crisis on earth x you know featuring nazis as the villains and i was like who the hell is that controversial to except nazis i guess like yeah you know you're i'm well, sorry but yeah. if you're a nazi you're kind of automatically the bad guy <laughs> yeah we live in an age where nazis uh, have become a voting block in this country so uh, that's what happens i guess it, it it still blows my mind to the, to this day and <laughs> i you know going back to charlottesville from a few years ago it just you know, and not to get too topical or whatever, but it, it, I'm just sort of like, I'm just staring at my TV going, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like where, where yeah. is this, where is this all coming from? And of course we know where it's coming from, but we don't have to get into all yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but, but again, like growing up in, in, you know, the eighties and nineties, like we did, it's like, we're watching this going, Oh, well, of course the Nazis are the bad guys because they're, it's an easy enough scapegoat. Like, Oh, did something bad happen in history? It was probably the Nazis. Um, right. And, but there's also truth in it where Hitler was obsessed with like weird occult stuff. Like wait, I mean, Hitler was a weird guy, you know? Uh, right. Like yeah. if you, like, yeah. if you just, I'm not a great student of history, but I know that much that, um, that there's truth in, in the fiction of it. Um, even if the movie exaggerates it and, uh, you know, he doesn't even he shows up in uh, in Last Crusade for a second, which I thought that was kind of a funny cameo that they had. For him. Um, yeah, uh, cracks me up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it's just like they they were able to kind of take that. and But they still made memorable villains, you know, right. uh, you know, yeah. like like Paul Freeman, I think, is. I, it's funny watching him. I, I, I never, I never really realized it before, but I was just like, this guy is like the biggest like jackass because Indiana Jones does all the work and then he just shows up and steals it from him. <laughs> right. Like he's such a jerk. <laughs> like Indiana Jones is dodging darts and bullets and jumping over chasms. And this guy is just like, Oh, Oh, thanks. I'm taking this. I'm like, I'll take that. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, I think that Paul Freeman, he gives a very charming performance. So he's just, he's just yeah. slimy enough that it's, it's kind of cute when he's, uh, when he's talking to, uh, when he's drinking with uh, Marion, you know? Um, so it's kind of a cute scene, but it's also like, you know, he, you know, at the end of the day, you're just man. This guy is just a—he's just a snake, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a great villain. I think. I think uh, uh, of the of the four films, I think I think he does make for probably the best villain um, out of all of them because he's 
you know, there there's an intellectual chess game being played between him and Indiana Jones. I mean, as cliches as it sounds, I mean, they are two sides of the same coin. You know, they're both, you know, I mean, it, we, there, there's the scene at the very end, right? It, it, near the end. It works when Indy's about to destroy the art. He says, let her go or I'll blow it up. Yeah. And, and, and Belloc knows Indy. He knows exactly what to say to get him to back off because yeah. again, it's, you know, they've been playing this game for a long time. Right. And, and we're missing that in, in the rest of them. You know I mean? I'm not, I, I think the villains and the other ones are fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the fourth one less so, but like, I, I think <laughs> Belloc adds something extra, you know? No. Yeah, for, for sure. Because uh, I'm glad you brought up that, that scene with uh, Indy wanting to blow up the arc, because I think it's so, um, you know, because for a second there, you're like, oh, no, he's he's going to do it. And then, you know, Bella right. convinces him not to, uh, but he doesn't convince him with any any lies, really. You know, yeah. he's very he's just appealing to Indy's sense of curiosity and, and adventure and um, and history. And it, it's just so when he kind of lowers the bazooka, you're just like, oh, man, like I can't. It's like it's like. I, you as the audience, me as the audience, you know, we want to be like, I can't believe you fell for that. But at the same time going, ah, I get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Indy wants to see what's in there. Just like Belloc does. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that ending, you know, I know we're jumping all around, but that, that ending uh, is just, I mean, that is so iconic in and of itself that yeah. I, I think about stuff like that a lot where I think it's, I want to say it's it's part of the I don't even know where I'm going with this. Uh, <laughs> um, like, I know it's part of like kind of, you know, Christian or uh, Judaism lore about you can't look in the ark because, you know, you'll see the face of God and nobody can see the face of God kind of thing. Um, and I remember that that always kind of stuck with me. And and and, you know, and of course, that ending and that whole movie has just been endlessly parodied you know for years and years and years <laughs> uh, right. uh and it's it's funny to me thinking you know this i i wonder if they ever thought that like did, when they were making it did they think oh we're making a classic this is this is something people are going to remember and you know who, who knows what you know i mean uh, shooting a movie and then seeing a movie are two completely different things obviously <laughs> um right but you know, I have to think that, like, at that point, Spielberg and Lucas had enough clout and probably had enough, you know, you know, knowledge of the stuff that they were doing to think, I think we got something on our hands here, you know, something that people will recognize. And, um, and you know, and there's constant, you know, any time that there's like, you know, there, there's like a hint of the music in, in a, a movie or TV show or something, or uh, I, I'm just, I'm brought back to watching the movie myself if that makes any sense you know absolutely yeah it's tricky you know i mean i think i think that's you you know raiders of the lost ark with the benefit of 40 years you're like well this is a perfect movie i mean there's not a hair out of place right I, I, right you know even belloc swallowing that fly you're like that <laughs> is perfect even though obviously that wasn't intended um and yet, you, you just never know. You know, I mean, I always say is nobody sets out to make a bad movie. 
yeah, yeah. And you think about all the things that have to go exactly right, and and how how fragile the divide between a classic and and uh you know at at best a campy mess, you know, and and we look look at the ways they tried to emulate. Raiders of the Lost Ark in in just the eighties. You know, you had you had the Canon was doing the the uh, what do you call it? King Solomon's Mines and those oh, yeah. Alan Quartermain movies with Timothy Chamberlain. And on television, they had you know Bring Him Back Alive and Tales of the Gold Monkey and all that. You know, and yeah. and none of them took. You know, because just Indiana Jones, they just they just managed it. They just did something. Well, something as simple as like the. Lucas's first draft, his name was Indiana Smith, and right, yeah. and, and Spielberg convinced him to change it. It's like I can't even imagine, you know, like we probably wouldn't be having this conversation today. <laughs> right. Like it's you know it's and it's so interesting. Like just the name itself, I think is is interesting, and I and I do like that you get kind of a little bit of the back backstory in Last Crusade where the name came from, uh, but uh, and th- that always made me laugh, yeah. and that felt. And I felt that like Sean Connery and Harrison Ford delivered that that bit so perfectly. It's like you know we named the dog Indiana. You know it's just like it's like, <laughs> yep, I, I I buy all of that. <laughs> um, and and the nice thing is is you know I, I always say like I, th- I think you and I were, were roughly the same age. So you know we we took in Last Crusade like as it is. We're just like well this mm-hmm. is it. This is how it is. And you know I talk to people who are slightly older and they're like oh I don't like how like everything important in Indy's life happened in that one crazy afternoon, you know, the beginning of the movie. I don't <laughs> like how it made Sala a joke or it made Marcus a joke or whatever. And, and I, I respect the point of view, just to be clear, but I'm also like, sure. no, I, you know, it's fine. It's fine with me. <laughs> you know? I, I didn't, you know, it's funny rewatching it. I, I know like, you know, Marcus is kind of an idiot by the time they get to the third film. But um, in this film, I, I, I was watching it thinking, I th- there's room for that character to grow. Like we didn't get much of him. And I yeah. think that what we got of him in the, in last crusade, I don't think betrayed who he was in Raiders. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. Yeah. Like, I think he, you know, cause he's, he's in just enough scenes that you, you buy that. Okay. Like, you know, he's Indy's friend. He buys stuff from the museum or, you know, he takes the stuff from the museum, pays Indy. Um, but, uh, yeah, to me, I was just like, I was like, no, it's like, I think it's fine. Um, but I can understand, yeah. you know, but like what you're saying, I can understand somebody being uh, kind of, you know, upset about that. Um, but yeah, but it's funny you say that because it's like, oh, that one crazy afternoon. I was like, I guess I never really thought of it that way. <laughs> um, but uh, like every every important event in his life, he got his hat, he got his whip, he got the scar, he got his fear of snakes. it all happened in like a three-hour period (laughs) yeah Um, exactly (laughs) that's very funny i I never thought of that i have to watch this movie when we're done because i (laughs) i have to rewatch it and see it that way um you know you know i I think that the movie is you know like spielberg said he kind of shot it as like a b movie i kind of don't see that but then again maybe i'm just not you know, up to date on my B movies from like the fifties <laughs> or something that, you know, he probably grew up with, but cause you know, like right off the bat, something as simple as, uh, you know, the Paramount logo is, is that is the mountain in the background. I, it's like little stuff like that. I really dig, you know, like the, 
you know, all the Batman movies, you know, it had the Warner Brothers logo and then it, you know, in the blue sky and then it turns dark. Um, it's like I, I grew up just loving that kind of stuff and being like, that's so cool. Like we're, we're being pulled into the movie right away. Um, right. And uh, you know, it just, it, and the movie just doesn't really let up and, and, uh, and it was funny rewatching, you know, the opening scene, which is obviously iconic in and of itself. Um, you know, my best friend, he's, he sits on the couch, we're watching it and he's like, is that not from Molina? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's him. That's like his first movie. <laughs> that's his first gig. Yeah. He was the, he was the bad guy way back then. Although he would probably not get cast as that part today because he's not really Hispanic, but he does a, I think he does a pretty convincing job. Um, I, I agree. But uh, you know that the movie does have a really good flow to it, and and I like that. You know, when we get into Marion's story and her history with Indi Indiana Jones, they it's it's a good enough exposition that I didn't feel like the movie was being bogged down. I was like, oh, this is interesting. There's there's passion and there's anger with these characters that's really interesting, as opposed to. I mean, this, you know, in lesser actors' hands and lesser directors' hands, this scene could have just been like, oh, my God, let's get back to the action already. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it really is a masterclass in, you know, sort of trusting your audience. I think, I think, uh, you know, even the, the amount of exposition that's, that's given in the film, right? We have uh, the what you mentioned, you know, the the, the history between Indy and Marion, which is really just it gives you just enough to be able to say, okay, they have the history together and it didn't end well. And that's really all you need, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, earlier in the film, the I always point to, I mean, I show this in my film classes, the the scene when Indy is talking about the arc, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with with the you know the top men, right? With, right, right. with Porkins and, and the other guy, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I mean, it's it's literally Indy drawing on the board exactly how the movie's going to end. Yes, it's, yes. Here's a picture in a book. Look, this is what's about to happen. And yet, you're never like, oh, okay, I see. We're, this is Basil exposition from Austin Powers. It's right. It's not that you know. It's it's very like and and all three of the films do this really well. Oh well. Yeah, all three. I was gonna say, well, the fourth one. Too. No, no, not the fourth one. Um, you know what's funny about it? I don't even hate the fourth one. I, I'm like fine with it, but um, that, it, that makes it's one no of us. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I've I've worked through my issues with that movie, and so I'm like, eh. Uh, the the <laughs> one the one line in the movie I still really like is when uh, Shia LaBeouf goes, "You're a teacher," and he's like, "Part time." I don't know. I think that that line's really funny. Um, I, I love the line. You know what I hate though? I hate that between the teaser trailer and the film, they changed which take from Harrison Ford they yeah, used. Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, I do. Because uh, <laughs> in the trailer, it's like part time. In yeah. the movie, it's like part time. <laughs> yeah, it 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 it's jarring. <laughs> um, There's the, yeah. to me, you know, one of my favorite lines in that movie, and it it's it. it it, it's very uh, uh, there's a poetry to it, you know, where where um, Jim Broadbent says, you know, we've seen there's a age where life stops giving us things and starts taking them away, mm -hmm. and there's just something there's something very somber 
about applying that to Indiana Jones, who, you know, mm. like anyone, he's a person. I don't know when you, when you, uh, you know, contrast that or, or juxtapose that with having lost his father, having lost Marcus. I mean, uh, that scene works, and and I almost wish the movie itself was more sort of meditative. You know, I think where it really loses its footing is when you've got, you know, Shia LaBeouf swinging through the jungle and then all this other kind of ridiculous stuff. Uh, (laughs) You know, I've said before, like I was mostly hanging in there until Shia LaBeouf started swinging. I was like, all right, I think I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree. Because I I kept thinking like, 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 what is, I was like, man, this something about this movie just isn't doing it for me. And then like, cause I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I mean, the, the, the nuking the fridge thing was already like, that's weird. Um, but then when they got to <laughs> that part, I was like, I am, I, I'm like mad right now. Like, why the fuck is this in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the, the other Indiana Jones, like and this, this is actually something that I wanted to bring up with you. Like rewatching it. I was like, my parents let me watch this movie. This is violent. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. actually a pretty yeah. gritty, violent movie. And I think that the the fourth one kind of missed that a little bit. Like it was almost like going in the Batman and Robin route of just let's let's brighten it up for the kids kind of thing. When it's like, well, no, but like what I liked about Indiana Jones is that when he got punched in the face. Like, you know, like that big Nazi punches him in the face and he falls on his butt. Like, he's just like, he's like, holy shit. Like he took a hit, you know? <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's, it's, I, again, you know, with, with the fourth one, I, I always uh, filter a lot of these things through my kids. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, my kids experienced all four of those movies holistically. Yeah. So for them, they're just like, well, that's the one where Indiana Jones is a little older. And I'm like, you know, maybe that's just the way to look at this stuff. Like, Otherwise, you just go crazy, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely remember watching, you know, watching Indiana Jones four in the theater. For me, it was something really momentous because myself and my, my partner on my podcast, Brian Hall, I mean, we're just massive Indiana Jones fans. So I mm-hmm. flew down to LA, uh, and we made plans to watch together. So it was like a big. I mean, it was a, an exodus, you know. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I remember watching the movie. It ended. I turned to Brian, and he's just like, I. I think I want to murder George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was it was it was just mind blowing to me where I was just I had like a, a friend of mine I was supposed to go to the movie with and he ended up uh, canceling. Um, but, you know, we were talking about it later and he was like, I, I didn't like it. And I was just like, I, I don't think I did either. And then a friend, another friend of mine, she was like, Indiana Jones and freaking aliens. Like that's weird. And I was like, I, I'm still wrapping my head around it. <laughs> like, um, it, <laughs> I mean, it's something else. And uh, I did have a friend try to justify and be like, dude, all the movies are about different religions, right? Like, you know, the, the first one is Judaism. The second one, I guess is. Uh, it's, well, it's, it's, uh, it's an option. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, okay. I was gonna say like it, it is like well, it kind of isn't, but it, I guess it is. Uh, like offshoot, yeah. And you know, the third one's Christianity, and this one's like Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, if you think about it in those terms, I guess it's okay. Um, I, 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 I actually haven't seen it all the way through since it was in the movie theater. If I'm being totally honest, um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I can kind of, like, I, I remember somebody pointing out like 
oh, aren't there four uh, Karate Kid movies? Like, no, 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 there's just three. Like, don't worry about that fourth <laughs> one, you know? <laughs> um, and I've only seen the first one. I've actually never seen parts two and three, if I'm being... Oh, wow. Yeah, I like I, I trip people out all the time when they ask me something. I, I, you know, I've never actually seen Jaws all the way through. I've seen the entire movie. I've just never seen it all sequentially. <laughs> oh, well, well, there you go. You got an experience to, yeah. uh, to look forward to. I, I, I really want to watch it when it's one of those nights where it's, it's like at you know, we're right on Lake Erie here because they did this a few years ago where it's on the lake and they have it on a screen. Uh, you know, we're all in like, you know, tubes or something. Um, I was like, I, I think I'd like that. I'd be scared to death, but I think I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no sharks in Lake Erie, I don't think. But then again, there's a lot of pollution. So who knows what it could have created. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, but going back to Raiders, you know, the movie has really great action set pieces and and like i said it's it's very violent um but it's also you know like i said it's it's violent and like indy gets hit and it, you, you you as the viewer can feel him get hit um but it doesn't feel gratuitous you know right um it doesn't feel like the the violence is you know like just you know like like 300 type of violence right where they're in slow-mo and stabbing each other and everything you know <laughs> um, yeah I agree with that. yeah it's but it, it but it is it is a violent movie and one that i thought about i was talking to mother my child i was like i was like yeah, he's violent i was like i don't think you know i don't think our child should watch that for a few years here <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's um i mean this was before there was a pg-13 rating um that's right I think what made the PG-13 rating was probably these movies plus uh, the first Tim Burton Batman, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly. No, uh, well, so you, what you had in, in uh, Summer of 84, you had uh, Last Crusade, uh, sorry, you had Temple of Doom mm -hmm. and uh, Gremlins, both of which were PG, and both of which were Spielberg, and both of which were probably a little bit more intense than a PG. And so uh, Spielberg actually sort of petitioned the MPAA for a median rating between PG-13 and R. And the first movie to get that rating was, in fact, uh, Red Dawn. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Oh, that so that I did not know. Um, but yeah, it makes sense because Gremlins is also quite violent and scary. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I, I just watched it a couple of weeks ago with, with my kids. And uh, with the, I had already watched it with my oldest, who's 14 now, but... Uh, uh, my my younger ones who are 10 and 12 and i was like this that's probably the right age you know mm -hmm. uh my daughter she's four she kept wandering in and she's she's i think she sort of developed a callus now because she's not scared by any of this stuff she's just fascinated by it so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of person she's going to turn out to be <laughs> um i it's funny because i remember um so uh, like two quick stories here. I, the first time I ever saw Gremlins, I was uh, 15. Um, I think I'd borrowed the DVD from a friend of mine and I watched it like on like a random summer day at home. And I was terrified. I like the movie yeah. turned off and I like turned on all the lights in the house. <laughs> it was like, again, I'm 15 <laughs> years old. And I'm like, that was fucking scary. <laughs> like, Jesus <Wow>. Christ. <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, when, when I was a little kid, I was like six when uh, Jurassic Park came out. Uh, they, that first T-Rex scene scared the hell out of me. My mom had to take me out of the movie theater. 
Um, and the funny thing is about that is that like, like 20 years later, I'm like Black Friday shopping. I'm at Walmart. And this woman is like, is like, I'm trying to find the Jurassic Park movies. And I like, she's like, I have like the first two. I can't find the third one. And I found it. And I was like, oh, this is what you're looking for? And she was like, oh, yeah, thank you. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, was like, I, I love those movies. The first movie scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. And she was like, oh, my daughter's four and she loves them. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was like, how brave is your kid? And she's like, she's very brave and she's very interested. She, you know, she wants to know more about dinosaurs and stuff. I was like, well, that's really cool. Um, I, I was just a baby. <laughs> um, that's really funny. But uh, I but I didn't feel that way watching Indiana Jones, like the, the head exploding stuff. I, I think because they were the bad guys and I was happy that they were getting what was coming to them, you know? Sure. Um, especially when you're, you're Nazis. Like, I just... Ain't no sympathy there, but um, <laughs> but that that character, um, uh, taught I think his name is, I might be pronouncing it wrong, you know, who has the the strange contraption with the that turns into a right. hanger, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> such okay. a just such a great he's a little bit that movie's Darth Vader in a way where he doesn't do a whole lot, but he's menacing in and of himself, you know, yeah, um. I think he, you know, like the first scene he's in, it's just like, you know, he's got the, you know, the poker, he's going to, he's going to like probably, you know, shove it in Marion's mouth or something. I don't know. Um, it's just, I'm just rewatching it going, oh my God, this guy's a psychopath. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's, I, you know, you just immediately are like, oh no, this, 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 this guy's evil. Whereas like, hmm. you know, Belloc is kind of, He's, he's a little charming at least you know um right. this, this guy is just he's a monster <laughs> that's right um i think that the another thing that holds up about the movies is that you know like we we're talking about the action a little bit ago like the in the special effects you know most you know that there's so much to be said about practical effects that i feel like you know it's something that movies are missing, especially in like the kingdom of the crystal skull was really missing that. And I was like, I, I miss like, you know, when the truck goes over and it explodes and, you know, when like the propeller is coming at Indy and it slices up that Nazi, you know, like there's these set pieces that you just, you feel as, as an audience member, you know what I mean? I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that, the, that to me was the most jarring transition into you know the the post millennium film the, mm-hmm. uh, with with Kingdom of Crystal Skull is for all of the talk before the movie came out of oh we wanted to look you know of a piece with the other ones and that you know that was all the the hype and then you watch it you're like well the cinematography is different um, it, you know Janusz Kaminski does not shoot a movie the way the way Slocum did. And then, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, just the 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 so much of the, the the digital trickery, and and not to not to sort of broad brush and say that we we don't need any of it because I think there's some beautiful shots in Crystal Skull. You know, there's the mm-hmm. at the very end you have like the scene at the at very near the, the end where Indy's just like really small in the foreground, and you see that that flying saucer lift up, and I mean that's like something out of a, an old pulp, you know, the cover of a pulp magazine in the in the 40s you know oh yeah 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 um but yeah like in in raiders you know the the finale when you see their heads exploding and 
and you see uh, uh, Tot or Tot or however it's pronounced, you know, the way his his face just melts and everything. I mean, it's gruesome and horrific, but it's also there's something like you know that's re- that's not a real head, but you know it's a real thing that they did that to. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, it it uh, and I think a, a big part of what sells it is is Indy screaming at Marion to keep her eyes shut, and you're just it's almost like we as the audience like should we shut our eyes too (laughs) you know like (laughs) right like you know is this is this thing gonna come out of my tv and attack me um (laughs) but it you know it's uh you know like the a lot of the fight scenes like the the you know when he's in the when he's chasing them in the truck and when he fights the guy in the truck and he's you know he gets pulled under the truck i mean it's just like like okay that's that's all real that's happening this is a stuntman and harrison ford doing all this stuff um that you know nowadays might just be like and i'm not like you know trying to you know you know smack talk any of these things that i love that when you have like captain america fighting ultron (laughs) it just it 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 looks and feels cool but it doesn't have that same like you know he's stuck under the truck and he might not get back up to stop them from stealing the ark. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, it. Uh, although I think they called it the ark in that movie. Now that I think about it, that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. They did. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, you know, it, it just like, uh, like rewatching that scene. I was like, like my heart was pounding a little bit, going like, oh my god, like I forgot about this. Like this is this is so visceral and intense, and it helps that you know Harrison Ford he looks like he looks dirty he looks bloody he he's getting the crap kicked out of him um and and it looks like he's going through an ordeal and not the movies nowadays don't do that but having that that old school way where it's like we have to do it this way because it's the only way to do it versus like well we can fix it later in post you know what i mean yeah um yeah i i think i think part of what Harrison Ford does so well in that role is he plays both sides of Indiana Jones, which is the studious professor mm-hmm. and the beleaguered action hero, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, when people do their like fan casting and, you know, you, I'm sure you see it all the time. Oh, Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. And I'm like, you know, I buy Chris Pratt as the action hero. I don't buy him as the professor. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's tricky, right? And I think that, that, you know, Harrison Ford, that's why he's the everyman action hero because you believe he can take a punch, uh, but you believe he'd just as rather not. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what makes it. I, I think I, I just recently watched Harrison Ford's uh, 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 Jack Ryan movies and also Air Force One. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a really amazing feat that he managed at his peak where you buy him doing these stunts and being tossed around but you also believe that he you know that that he's he's vulnerable you know yeah yeah and and that that's i think the 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 key to in in a in a microcosmic sense indiana jones appeal and in a macrocosmic sense it's the key to harrison ford's appeal you know yeah no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think, but he, and he's also really good at, at those little comedic bits too. Like, um, you know, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when he, you know, punches out the Nazi and he's going to take his uniform, but it doesn't fit him, 
you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's such a good moment that, you know, and then he, and then he gets, you know, you know, haggled by the other guy, the, the superior officer, and he punches him and takes his outfit. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's such a good like subversion of expectations. Like, Oh, here's the part where the hero steals the suit, you know, kind of, it's almost like a parody of star Wars in a sense, right. Where <laughs> they, they steal yeah. the stormtrooper suits. It's like, well, he can't steal it because it doesn't fit him. And I, you know, That's and right. I, I love that bit in it. And, and I think that, you know, I, I, you know, there's a famous story where Harrison Ford was so sick, he couldn't do the, the fight scene, but it really works in the movie when he, the guy has the big sword, he just shoots him. Like, it's just, yeah. you just, you just look at him. Like you were saying, he's the everyman. He's just looking at him like, I don't have time for this. And he just shoots him. <laughs> um, so perfect. I, I remember playing the video game for uh, Super Nintendo and that's all that, scene in the video game was you fight all these other guys and then when he shows up you just shoot him and then you keep moving (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious um and i remember playing that game and and thinking like uh i was like i was like wait is it gonna be like the movie and i and the first time i ever did i i I remember very vividly because like all right so shoot him so you shoot him and he's dead and i was like oh my god it's just like the movie and i thought that was a brilliant touch by the the people making the game (laughs) back then um but you know i I think that, you know, you know, the, like you were saying before, the movie just there's not a hair out of place like like Sala in the movie. It's like we don't know who this character is. We don't even really learn about him in, in part three, but he's such a valuable part of the movie that, it, you know, the movie doesn't work without him. And I think it's interesting with him in it. You know, it's interesting with, you know, Frank Welker's monkey, in it. you know, um, right. like yeah, the, yeah. but Sala, I think you know uh when they figure out that the that the nazis are digging in the wrong place and you know and he starts like singing and dancing it's just such a fun moment and then he catches the the poison date because he sees that the monkey was killed it's just like oh like oh so you see why this guy is indiana jones's ally because he's because he's smart like he's he's not just like some guy in the other end of the world that helps him out like no like they they've had a relationship and it's you know and all the relationship in the movie we don't we don't get much of their history you know even with marion and indiana jones like we were talking about earlier we don't get much of their history we know we kind of know what happens but or what happened i should say but for the most part we're just kind of thrown into the movie and that's that's what lucas did with the first star wars movie he just throws you into the movie he's like okay so here here are the droids they're going to this planet and they're going to meet luke skywalker and then you, the movie, you know, I remember seeing an interview with George Lucas where he said that people back then called the movie so fast-paced because he didn't take the time to explain what a droid was. You know, he didn't take the time to explain what the Empire was. It's like the, the audience will figure it out. Like, they'll be fine. And and that's another thing that kind of gets lost in, in movies nowadays, that there's just, there's over-exposition or possibly there's not enough exposition. And... You know, I, I remember having a conversation with um, uh, my friend Garrett Grev from Batman on Film. We were talking about um, Captain America Winter Soldier, and he said that a great example of really good exposition was Steve going to the the Captain America Museum. Oh, um, sure, yeah. Because it's like, oh, you know, he gets to get caught up to speed on, you know, what his history, like, you know, you, the audience gets caught up on his history, plus like he gets caught up on what happened between you know then and now 
And uh, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's a really <laughs> smart way to do it. Whereas like Indiana Jones and, was just, and who and who and who better than the voice of Gary Sinise to of course to yes happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so excited when I I remember reading like because I, I love to look on IMDb and and learn about those like trivia and and facts and stuff and I was like I was like who's the voice of that guy I was like he sounds so familiar I was like oh it's Gary Sinise you know <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know but Indiana Jones it's just you know I, I, kind of in all three of the movies you don't get you don't get much story to go off of. You just, you just know like, okay, here's, here's this character. Here's who they are now. Here's the, here's a snippet of their relationship. And then that's it going forward. And the the movies all work at a breakneck pace because it doesn't take the time to go. Oh, when I first met Sala, that was back in, you know, 1920, (laughs) blah, 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 or whatever, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, well, let me let me ask you. Do you so do you have a personal favorite of the of the? Well, you know, well, fine, all four of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I what, what I what I say is very similar to what you said at the start. Uh, Last Crusade is my favorite, mm-hmm. but Raiders is the best. Okay, and that's that's how I always frame it. That's I, I love that. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, I I would say. Last Crusade is my favorite and the best, but <laughs> but I respect your 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 stance on that uh, because it, it took me a long time to you know a little sidebar here to reconcile the fact that a um, that that my favorite movie doesn't have to be a great movie, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It, and it's it's like you know when I would tell people, oh, like I think that The Dark Knight is the best Batman movie, but Batman '89 is my favorite. People would look at me like, what? Mm-hmm. And nowadays I'm like, no, no, it right. makes perfect sense to me. But, you know, it's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, have you ever seen the uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles? No, oh, yeah, I watched it when it aired. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, on, on ABC. Yeah. I, I saw a few of the videos my sister bought uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, that's right. She bought a she bought, I think, the whole series and and we watched through some of them. And uh, I don't remember much of it, but I do remember the episode where Harrison Ford cameoed as older Indy in like the 50s, right? Uh, which I, I thought was really cool. And I think it was when he was shooting. That was the trivia I learned about. He was when he was shooting The Fugitive, because that's why he had the beard. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, yep. That's right. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought that that was a and I think that's the only episode he was in. Uh, but I that's the only thing he was in. They, they wanted him for the whole series um what the role that ended up going to george hall which it now that's all been cut out of the the home video releases so you can only see those on youtube but i mean i'm sure you know you know the the, the series was told it was all flashbacks being told by like 90 year old indiana jones Uh and you know he's kind of like a grandpa simpson like you know Back in my day, this didn't happen. You know, the, the, the <laughs> we wore onions around our waist or whatever he said, you know. Um, <laughs> and then he'd be like, yeah, back in World War Two, this happened. And, boom, 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 boom. and then we'd like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, John Patrick Flannery or whoever. And, and I, I remember watching those live and I found it off putting only because, like, I don't, I don't want Indiana Jones to be like Grandpa Simpson, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, now that they've cut those out, 
I'm like, well, shit. I mean, you guys made it that way. Like, respect <laughs> the original intention, you know? Like, yeah. I, I can, I can, I can have a, a complicated reaction to it, but I'm also like, well, the, what's available now is not what it was made as, and so, you know, because now it's they, what they've done is they recut the episodes as little movies. Yeah. And you're taking episodes that oftentimes were not intended to be linked together and turned them into like a 90 minute thing. And this, you know, this is what George Lucas does or did. And and I'm always like, you know, just put it out the way it was, warts and all, let people experience it, you know. And to me, it's like the, the old guy, his name is George Hall, he's passed away now. I'm like, shit, I mean, he's got a piece of indie history. At least let him be part of the, you know, let him, let him, let his work live on, for goodness sake, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I no, I definitely agree with that. That it's, it's, it's funny to have that kind of reaction. I, I love that you put it that way. I might have a complicated reaction, but I can still respect it. Um, that I, I feel that way about uh, probably probably more things than I should. I mean, just being like a comic book fan watching the movies and TV shows, where you know my complicated reaction is. I think it's great that they're telling this ongoing MCU story, but man, do I wish they just reboot it so we could get young cap and iron man again you know <laughs> right um, yeah but, exactly but it's like okay you know it is what it is now and that's fine um but who knows maybe after the multiverse of madness something will change who knows um but uh you know and you know like i was talking about before like it's it's funny to think about all the parodies of uh raiders that have come out and one of my absolute favorites um is the south park episode <laughs> when uh they they were making fun of the fact that Spielberg took the guns out of um, E.T. and replaced them with walkie-talkies, and they they were okay. watching Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> all the guns were oh, replaced with, <laughs> all the Nazis were replaced with Ewoks, and the guns were walkie-talkies. Really and then, like the end of the movie was like, you know, they they had remade Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they were carrying it like the Lost Ark. And all the guards had walkie-talkies as guns. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, it's, you know, and again, it just, you know, I watch something like that and it just makes me want to watch the movie because I'm like, I, I, I know they're kind of making fun of Spielberg and Lucas a little bit, but at the same time, they're, they're putting all this love and energy into it because obviously these guys love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and you can tell that with a lot of the, some of the better made parodies, like, you know, it's it's something that people love and they want to pay homage to in some way, shape or form. Um, like you were talking about Canon Films earlier that kind of failed at it. Canon Films kind of failed in general, but it's a whole other yeah. conversation. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, it, 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 it's it's this like landmark thing where it's like, so, you know, Spielberg grew up, you know, Spielberg and Lucas were watching these adventure serials, just like, you know, they were watching like the Flash Gordon stuff. And then they translate that in their own way to make their movies and then it becomes and then that's our version of what they went through you know so we're growing up with star wars and with indiana jones and thinking like man like what like every time i hear that john williams you know raiders march i mean i'm i'm ready to go on an adventure you know <laughs> right yeah and we didn't even touch about that you know but like the, the I, I was gonna say yeah we we should at least uh, give give homage to uh, somebody who's who, as far as I'm concerned, it's George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and John Williams present Indiana Jones. You know, yes, uh, I 100% agree. Yep, the I mean the score is, it's the kind of thing that you know I I don't think we get 
we don't get with movies much anymore that like the score elevates the material. I think a good example is uh, some of the some of the better Marvel movies have done it. Um, right. Like uh, the shot of the Triskelion in Captain America Winter Soldier has a really you know, like kind of really good sweeping theme that pulls you into the movie like, oh, this is majestic and heroic, you know, and the Avengers theme itself when, you know, they all yeah, in Endgame when they are they all start coming through the portals. It's like this is something special, you know, um, and when right. it's Indiana Jones, you know, trucking through the desert, you know, and John Williams music starts, you're just like we're I like I'm pulled into the movie you know, much more than I, if, if this, if it had been any other composer or no music, God forbid, it, it just, huh. it would not at all have had the same effect. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's John Williams, he's a genius, but. <laughs> um, you well, know. And, the, and the fact that he came up with what was essentially two different themes, and then the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Spielberg's like, well, why don't you just put them together? And there you go. You know <laughs> that that I just learned actually when I was uh, reading about the movie. Um, I didn't realize that. I, I didn't know that. And then, but again, you know, like you said, you're, and you're absolutely right. It's the three of them together because th putting those themes together makes all the difference. Because um, yep. now it's immediately when you hear that theme, it's like, oh, that's Indiana Jones. You know, the same way that. If you hear the, you know, da 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 da, he's like, oh, that's Star Wars, you know, like, you're, and you know, it's like everybody knows Jaws, everybody knows Star Wars, everybody knows Indiana Jones, like, it's something you're almost born with it, you know, you don't even have to watch the movies. Yeah, so true. Zachy, this has been an absolute blast, you know, going down memory lane and and everything with you about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, so, so thank you so much again for joining me here. Um, thank, thank you so much for having me. I mean, like I said, any chance I have to, to talk about Indiana Jones and obviously, uh, getting to do it with a friend, even better. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, let me just ask you one question before we go here. Um, what, uh, what are you look, uh, is there anything you're looking forward to with the, the upcoming movie that they're, you know, as of this recording currently filming? Oh, man that's a that's a tough one you know yeah <laughs> I, I i went into king of the crystal skull with perhaps too many expectations yeah and and so with this all i'm gonna say is i i hope it allows harrison ford uh the farewell to this character that uh, he he would be happy with i agree with that i think I, I, I want it to to feel like the old movies, even if obviously Indiana Jones is 40 years older. I there is something just so human and vulnerable and honest about that character that I felt like it was sort of like the diehard movies. Just they got more and more ridiculous as they went on, uh, where it's like yeah. John McClane is basically like a superhero. And I kind of thought that with. Uh, Indiana Jones in, in part four I'm like I like he just he doesn't he doesn't have that vulnerability that he had in the other ones that I felt like oh no he he's gonna die like he's not gonna make right. it out of this one 
yeah. and we're only halfway through the movie, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> as, as, as soon as he survived that nuclear explosion in the refrigerator, I was like, the stakes are gone for me. Like I'm, I'm done, you know, <laughs> um, yep. we don't, I don't need anything like that. I need the more simple, like falling under the truck or, you know, being, uh, you know, trapped under the, the, you know, the bridge in, in Temple of Doom or being, you know, stuck on the side of the tank in, uh, you know, in Last Crusade, right? It's just simple stuff that feels real. And that's right. And that's tense enough for me, you know? I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, Zachy, if people are looking for you out there in the, uh, in the interwebs, where can they find you? Well, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Zachy's Corner. That's Z-A-K-I-S Corner. It's also on my website, just at com. I also post my reviews regularly at uh, IGN and also at uh, the San Francisco Chronicle. Actually, pertinent into this discussion, if you go to the San Francisco Chronicle's uh, datebook section online, uh, you'll see an article I wrote celebrating the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, anybody listening to this, you might find that uh, worth your while. Also, if I may, uh, for my podcast, the movie film podcast, my partner Brian and I, we have recorded commentary tracks for all four Indiana Jones films. Mm. And uh, I, I generally don't go back and listen to my own shows, but I did happen to listen to our, our track for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I, if I may say, I, I think it's a pretty good track. Even if, <laughs> even if one does not like the movie, I think you may enjoy the track. So I just want to put that out there for the world. <laughs> a little bit of mystery science theater to it. <laughs> a little bit yeah we ended up sort of workshopping the story as we were going and i think uh, we we went in some interesting directions i'm pretty happy i'll i'll definitely have to check that one out I, I i do love your podcast and i've read i've read some of your reviews you know uh this guy this guy's the real deal folks oh, he's uh you. <laughs> he, you know and you know there's a reason that i i i wanted you on for this because it's like here's a here's a film student that understands you know the the, the makings of the movie and the history of the movie but also you know more than that you're a fan and i love and that's what i love about you know having this discourse with you is that you, you know your history but you're also not afraid to just be like oh and it's just a great fucking movie you know well you didn't say that but you know what i mean <laughs> um so i appreciate that about you um and you we'll so uh, oh of course and you know and we'll be uh and i'll be in touch to get you back for a future episode of course um and, you know, to all of you listening out there, you know, if you're expecting a, a really great ending to this, just, I don't know, man, I'm making this up as I go. Huh? Yeah? Like, like in the movie, he says that in the movie. Uh, all right. <laughs>